Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to yet another edition of Fuse 8 and Kate. I am your host, Betsy Bird. She's Fuse, I'm Kate from Shytown. We debate a random classic book and whether it is great, like Tiki Tiki Tembo, classic, hell no. Mama Kate and Mama Jane, Heather's mommy's changed the game. Maurice Sendex, Little Mickey, classic, well, that is tricky. If you know a classic book, hit us up, we'll take a look. Whoa! You like whoa, that? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where did that even come from? The, my brain. What the? <laughs> Wizard, was it? Wah, wah. Do you like that? I did like that. That's, that's... I'm a little disappointed you didn't rhyme the word penis, but I'm okay with it. You know, um, I thought about it, but you I know, wanted, yours uh, was better. Yours was better. I wanted like a fun instead of like wow, hi, I'm Kate. You know, have something. Well, now, now you just raised the bar to like. Sky high level, man. What are you gonna do next week? Like uh, kill a chicken on air or something, just to like match it? Like what? I don't I will, know why. I will say hi. Like I'm Kate in like four different languages. Ooh. No, I'm not. Really? No. Because that would be actually that wouldn't be that interesting. No. I don't think I would. I would. Bonjour. Yeah. Je m'appelle Kate. Hola. <laughs> no. Keep going. Okay. That's true. <laughs> I can and do it in sign language. Out. And. Um, though I would have liked some German. Uh, well, well now I don't even know what I'm going to say now. That's just, that's sort of the tippy, t- like we started too high and now it's all downhill from here. Well, that was kind of like the introduction of what we do. No, it's good. And then It's kind of can... like a theme song with, but it's also summarizes previous episodes. And, right. uh, another way of, of summarizing previous episodes, I have my little notes here. You know how I, like, I write out notes now because mm-hmm. I'm trying to be organized. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't change the title of the notes, so it says right here, Fuse 8 and Kate in the night kitchen. So apparently we're <laughs> going to talk about that again. No! Try to act surprised. <laughs> Whatever you do. We don't eat cake every morning. <laughs> Wait, oh shoot, we talked about that. <laughs> I should have brought some cake. Now I'm hungry for cake again. <laughs> ah, that was not my plan. But... Speaking of hunger, mm-hmm. was that a transition or was that a transition? That but nice. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to make use of that transition. As beautiful as it was, I'm going to talk about reader mail. Reader mail. Reader mail. Um, that is now the official reader mail song that we are going to have to use every single time. I hope we don't get sued. Uh, so we've gotten some. Uh, people have been responding to the questions that we have been asking, and uh, and more than one person has been doing this. And extra bonus, not our mom, who Woo! I would like to point out has not answered a single one of those questions not yet. Once. So get on the ball, there, mom. Yeah. How could you not have known? Let us know who your favorite answer? daughter is. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> wait. What's the Simpsons line? Like fight to win your parents' love. That's it. Yeah. Um, 
No, uh, but we've been getting lovely feedback. Um, people have said very nice things. Uh, and so thank you, dear readers, for, for writing us at, oh, I'll just mention it again, Fuse8, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's FuseKate8 at gmail.com. Well, actually, oh, wait, since you made that flub, wait, what? we've actually made four email addresses. So you can either write to oh. FuseKate8, E-I-G-H-T, FuseKate8, number eight, Fuse... 8kate with the number 8 or fuse 8kate you can email to any four of those and we will get and I'm going to point out Kate, Kate's the one who actually set that up I don't monitor the mail and then I'll get a text from Kate saying like you got an email you should answer it and I'll be like oh maybe I should answer the email and then I'll get to it to and be then, fair our sound engineer set it up and then I just made sure there was a good point. Made, so. I'm sorry. This week he is not the sound engineer. He has a new title, but I will oh, get to that later. Excellent. Um, just to say, sound engineer. I have a much that's, fancier title for him this time. So last week. It's so last week. So this week's book is a book that was mentioned last week. Oh, not last week. Last podcast. I do this every time. I keep okay. wanting these podcasts to be consecutive by weeks. In the previous episode of Fuse Eight and Kate. Um, we had discussed many books that were potentially going to come up, and you had offered a challenge, my friend. I did. You said that I should bring in a 10, and that's tricky. A 10 to you or a 10 to me? I'm doing a 10 to me, and uh, I'm just saying if you have any logic in your brain, you will agree with me. Oof. You might want to do something irrational. That's your right. As my sister, that is your right. However, uh, you will agree with me. And if you don't, uh, we will have words on the matter. Yes! Words on the matter! Words on the matter. Okay. Words okay. on the okay. matter. All right. All right. Nothing's okay. the matter. Okay. <laughs> um, so this, the book, that I, there's no surprises here because um, I actually texted you earlier today to say what the book was. And this is even a book that you have previously read. So when I was like, what, Oh, really? Five? Okay, I don't know why that surprises me. Six? I've, I don't like, know. because of the life that I lead, I am just used to people reading picture books all the time. No. So you could have told me, like, last year, and I would have been like, yeah, story checks out, right? Mm-hmm, sure, yeah. Um, but no, no, in fact, uh, that makes sense. So yes, when you were small, one might say the appropriate age for this book. Um, look at you with your face, with your face, like... You've seen this book. It's in Spanish. Well, half of it <laughs> and half of it's not. So yes, I got the bilingual edition of, drumroll please, The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carle, a true classic. Now, it's not that the previous ones were fake classics. Fake classics, boo. Um, this is, I think everyone agrees, this is the most cachet with the public. Like if you stopped the average person on the street and said and held up this book and said, have you heard of this book? They would probably say yes. I would say um, back in the day when I did a poll on my blog of the top, uh, what my readers considered the top picture books, uh, this came in at number two. Wow. Yes. Uh, is that right? One year it came in at two and one year it came in at three. Um, we have not tackled any of the top 10 on that list. And so I felt like now is the time to really get a classic classic. Um, and and this, this is it. Now, what are your Hungry Caterpillar associations? Last podcast, you reminded me that the caterpillar ate a cake. 
I think a piece of cake. A piece of cake. That is a bit of a spoiler. I think he eats other foods because he's very hungry. He is hungry. And then I'm assuming he explodes and little pieces of caterpillar fly so, all over the place. Because that's how we get butterflies. And then there's a caterpillar funeral. Ah. The end. So that's a darker reading. <laughs> that's a darker reading of... Actually, and here's the weird part. This is not the only dark reading of the book we're going to have tonight. What? There, I have a much dark... Well, I'm, I'm going to get to that. But there is a much darker interpretation of this book. That oh, I love it. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. And, and But we'll, we'll make use of that later. So what I'm going to have you do right now, Missy Thang, I'm going to have you read the description of the book. And I got a voice for you. Oh, dear. Okay, so... You don't do specific people when you imitate. And that's fine. I can't do impressions. I can't either. No. Um, so I can fault you not at all on that. However, and I can't quite describe what this voice is, but I can do it for you, and then you can probably do it much better than I. Um, I call this the baby bunny voice. It's when you talk a little bit like this, and it's so cute, and you're going to read the story just like this because it's so cute. Can you do that? Okay. A caterpillar hatches out of his egg and is very hungry. On his first day, he eats through one piece of food. On his second, two, and so on. Little holes cut in the pages allow toddlers to wiggle their fingers through the food just like the caterpillar. Vivid and colorful illustrations and ingenious layered pages help preschoolers learn the days of the week, how to count, and how a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Awesome. Okay, so you are going to take this book, which, yes, uh, is bilingual, because the caterpillar is a very flexible book. It can be a board book. This is a bilingual board book. It's not even just a bilingual book. It's a bilingual board book. So there are board books, bilingual board books, bilingual books, pop-up books, uh, tactile books. I have seen more iterations of the darn caterpillar than any other book in children's literature, American children's literature. I can't attest to other countries. So you are going to read the bilingual board book version, which, trust me, aside from the fact that half of it's in Spanish, is exactly like the original edition. Okay. So go to do that thing. While Kate's out, it's time for this week's trivia question. Trivia question. Trivia question. Um, there are no prizes this week because I only have so many copies of my own book to give away, and I've given them away. However, if you want me to... Uh, read your name on the podcast, I can, as the winner, as the official winner, so you can rub it in your friends' faces and be like, look at me, I knew the answer. Um, and you don't want to, you know, Google it because it's super easy to find. Uh, please participate. And then you can send your answer to fusekate8 at gmail.com. Uh, if you are the first person to send it in, of course, you'd have to be the first person. Woo! So there is a challenge there. Here is the question. What was the original title of The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Fun fact, he was not called The Very Hungry Caterpillar in his very first version by Eric Carle. What was the original name of this book? Boop, 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 boop. Okay, uh, you're back. You're back having reread a book from your youth. Yeah. The first one. It made me feel old. 
<laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Oh man, I feel old every day. It's but, about time you did. But too. it's so interesting because thing. well, the things that you know when I read it, I was things I think now I would not have thought when I was a kid. So. This is probably the youngest book we've done. I think we've done entirely plot-driven books. Not that this isn't plot-driven, but it, it's doing about seven different things all at the same time. Um, it's an it's what is it? Days of the week book, different kinds of fruits, colors, uh, counting, um, and then uh, the process of, uh, of metamorphosis. While we're at it, yeah, just for kicks. I didn't remember that there were days of the week. So that yep. was a nice refresher. It is. It's <laughs> now you have you got them down now? I think so. Okay. Wait, hold on. Good. Tuesday is after mm-hmm. Monday. Okay, yep, I got okay. it. Okay, awesome. But uh yeah, what do what's uh, first impressions? What do we think? First impressions, um, the art is beautiful. Yeah. Um there's so much fruit in the beginning. Like he's Lovely. trying to like be really healthy and mm-hmm. then he splurges like a pregnant woman on her ninth month it's amazing what he finds like this last one it's like a pickle and an ice and a chocolate cake and one ice cream cone and i'm like oh honey and all this happens within a week yeah and then he and then he's like the next day on sunday when he feels you know hung over essentially from his yeah food he's like i'm just gonna have a little salad just gonna have a little salad i'm gonna feel better and that's how you get kids to eat their vegetables you say because you'll say to them, you know, like, like if they are like eating like their dinner and like I'm too full to eat my vegetables, we're like, well, if your tummy is full, remember the caterpillar ate one nice green leaf and then he felt much better. So you have to eat your nice green leaf. Does that work? Uh, it did once. I don't think it. <laughs> that's sort of a one-time thing. It doesn't really transfer. I think it's beautiful. Cool. I so, think it's definitely for younger ages, right? Very young, but you can read it for older. Um, because, you know, they go to the school and these days they, everybody learns about the metaphor, the metaphors, the metamorphosis process. However, there is a flaw and it is the reason our mother hates this book. What? Oh, she hates it. She does. Why? We'll go back, back to where the caterpillar, uh, it was a big fat caterpillar, uh-huh. um, which I take, I love it's, reading that line. after Sunday. Okay. Now. What does he turn into? A big fat cat? Oh, no, no, no. What? He made a little house for himself. What was it called? A cocoon. No. Caterpillars don't make cocoons. Caterpillars make chrysalises. What? That should be a chrysalis. A caterpillar makes a chrysalis. So that's her problem with it. That's her problem. That's her problem. That's always been her problem. I would say that, sure. But let's just assume there are some caterpillars that make cocoons and we're all good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Problem solved. Um, so this is one of those rare books that sort of spawned an industry. Um, there is now an Eric Carle Museum of Picture Book Art. It is the only specifically... Wait, he did more books? Oh my gosh. You've never encountered... Okay. So... <laughs> he should have just lived off the money off of this one. Oh, no, 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 no. He has made so many books after this. I would say more than 50, if I was going to estimate. Um, he did make, let's see, The Very Grouchy Ladybug, The Very Quiet Cricket. That book, by the way, the bane of librarians everywhere, because when you get to the last page, it makes a cricket sound. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, which is cool, except when the book dies. 
And then you're going through your like library and you hear this dying cricket sound and you're like, <laughs> where's it coming from? Will somebody please tell me where it's coming from? Um, yeah, no, he did a whole slew of these insects with uh, feelings of some sort who go through some sort of process. Um, then he went all off and he was getting away from insects. He's like, here's one about daddy seahorses. They're awesome. So yeah, a whole slew of books from Eric Carle. So there is an Eric Carle Museum of Picture Book Art uh, in Amherst, Massachusetts. Huh. They have uh, a little beetle that they painted to look like the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Oh. They have uh, cookies that you can eat in the in the gift shop that have holes in them. They have, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, they have uh, auditorium chairs that have seven holes in the back of each one. And they have caterpillar-shaped toilets. Don't ask what that looks like. Wait, for the adults or kids? For the kids. Aw. Just the seat. <laughs> I should probably specify just the seat. You can use it if you want to. I'm sure no one's going to be like, get out of there. It's for five and younger. But no, it's a, it's a whole thing. So, yeah. Super popular. Can I just say on this last page, this butterfly looks terrified. You know what you can do, though? Oh, it probably is terrified. It's got this look of, what have I just done? Well, okay, so are you not creeped out at all by the caterpillar's face? Because that always, as a kid, oh, kind of yeah. made me, like... Well, when he's you, not, it's not a, it's not a human face. It's well, not when, an expression filled face. When you said that there was going to be a dark version that we're going to talk about, oh, yeah, I yeah. immediately looked at his face and I was like, that's the face of the devil. So I once, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And here I once, um, I have worn the caterpillar costume. All right. Okay. This, this was done for, for some reason. There was a video I wanted to make in which I would be in this caterpillar costume and what, because this book has been out in so many forms, there are a bunch of different publishers associated with it. So I don't remember, sorry, publisher. I don't remember which publisher just sent me the costume to borrow for like a day. Oh, nice. But someone did to my home and I put it on and it blows up. So I have this video of it blowing up and those antennas like going, and then you have that face, that unholy, <laughs> that pupilless <laughs> face. Giant red face. Just looking, they, I've seen a cake made out of that caterpillar, which let me tell you, I don't want to eat that cake. I don't want that Aww. cake to give me that look. Like, why are you eating me? That is also terrifying. Um, and speaking of terrifying, so, oh baby. Uh, are you familiar with the toast? The, like you eat it in the morning? Nope, but um, that is toast. No. Okay, so there was a website called The Toast and it was hilarious. Um, it is now defunct, but it had a regular series Children's Books Made Horrifying. Children's Books Made Horrifying basically took all the classics and rewrote them. By, they were all by Mallory Ortberg, who I believe is now Dear Prudence on Salon. Um, and she has her own podcast, which I have not started to listen to yet, but I am going to because I love her. And she had, uh, she wrote every single one of them and some of them got under my skin and I, I can't let them go because they were legitimately horrific. So you're going to read what? her version, not all of it, just a sampling of uh, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. It's just, it's just from here to here, right? Uh -huh. Just that part. It starts with, he started to look for some food. So this is a sample from that. This is not the full text, but I do think, just read I think read it's that. very appropriate that I'm reading this as it's raining outside. I think if we had some thunder, it's oh... That was, did I just get some thunder you on did. you? That was really kind of creepy. I I have skills. So we have a dark and stormy night. We have a dark and stormy night. 
You have, you have is a, there a particular voice you want this done, or just <sighs> no? You know what? I think just just read it in a in a literary voice, and it'll do itself. It'll do all the work. It's it's going to do the heavy lifting for you. Okay. He started to look for some food. On Monday, he ate through one apple, but he was still hungry. On Tuesday, he ate through two pears, but he was still hungry. He wept because he was alone, because his only companion was the hunger in his stomach, and he ate his own tears. He built a smaller caterpillar out of burdock leaves, and he called it Leaf Friend, and then he ate it. And then he cried again, because his friend was dead. On Wednesday, he ate through three plums, but he was still hungry. He had always been hungry. Famine filled his mouth and his throat and his lungs. Even his veins felt empty. Death wore him like a hollowed skin. That was excellent. It gets worse from there. Um, that is creepy. It's... You don't even know. The ending still gives me nightmares to this day. It's so good. Not as many nightmares as the Little Prince reinterpretation, but... Yeah. What's her name? Mallory Ortberg. She did a book called Texts from Jane Eyre, which I highly recommend because it sounds really lame. It's like, oh, it's literary characters texting each other. That's super funny. But it's the funniest dang thing. There's like one where for um, like Moby Dick, where it's just Captain Ahab um, constantly texting Ishmael being like, so is, uh, is Queequeg around? Has he, has, has, has he mentioned me? Is, uh, <laughs> Is he, is he up? Could, could I swing by and, and see him sometime? It's really good. So, um, yes. Oh, so, um, other interpretations. Uh, there are many crazy interpretations of this book. Because remember last week we talked about some different interpretations of In the Night Kitchen. What kind of interpretations do you think this book has suffered over the years? Suffered? Suffered. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 when I first read it, I was like, this is a great book for like building self-esteem. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, if you love the skin you're in, mm -hmm. you will be beautiful both inside and out. Is that, that's actually what Eric Carl himself said about it. I think at one point, oh. I didn't have, I don't have that quote here, but he did an interview with the guardian where he said very much that. So this is from Eric Carl. This is a quote. The book's success has spawned a lot of crank interpretations. It has been described as an allegory of both Christianity and capitalism. Right after the wall fell, I was signing books in the former East Germany and was invited by a group of young librarians to have lunch with them. One said the caterpillar is capitalist. He eats into every food one little bit and then the food rots away. Wasteful capitalist. Interesting. I think that if you're indoctrinated, that's how you will see it. Wow. Yeah, but the Christianity one was done really well. There was a video going around uh, a couple years ago of a guy standing on like a soapbox on the street reading the book as if it was uh, a sermon. And on the seventh day, he rose <laughs> and the butterfly. <laughs> it wow. works. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> he... The butterfly metamorphosized for our sins. I'm not going to follow that metaphor wherever it's supposed to go, which it doesn't go perfectly because that's not how the book was meant to be read. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, so this is my 10. Oh, and I should say one more thing. One last thing. The die cuts, because this is a book that has little holes in it. A whole bunch of them. It had not really been done in America until this book. 
And because the United States, um, no printer in the United States could be found to manufacture economically a book with so many die cuts, the editor, the editor whose name was Anne Beneducci, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but she is the whole reason this book works. She located a printer in Japan who was able to produce this book because they wanted those die cuts so very I thought badly. you were going to say every book, she took a hole punch and punched She did. Every... She did them by hand. Her hands were bleeding <laughs> after the first 500 books, but she kept on. To, and to this day, that if you dedication. can find an original, yeah, you can find it. It will stay. Um, yeah, no, no. She, she found someone who was willing to actually publish it that way. And now, of course, everybody publishes it left, right, and center. But That's awesome. It is awesome. All right, so ratings time on the scale of 1 to 10. 10 being a top and 1 being a 0. And we are looking at this as a classic. I clearly have already given away the game by saying that I like it and think it's a 10. How do you feel, Kate? You know, when I, okay, when I first read it, I, I thought nine, and mm -hmm. now I'm going to say 9.5. Mm. Um, just because the more I look at it and the more I look at this terrified butterfly on the last page, I feel <laughs> for him. What is it? It was the last page. It's always the last <laughs> page of the book. It's the thing that you then like fixate on. This is very interesting to me. Why the last page? But yes. Oh, I should note all the, all the colors in here. Uh, handmade paper. He made all the paper and then cut them out into little shapes that you see there. That's very cool. Also, I like that the caterpillar does have an expression in the book. It's when he has a stomach ache and he looks sick as all get out. And the butterfly. And the butterfly, right. Where he apparently, looks. I would have argued the butterfly doesn't have an expression. Um, you tell me that's not an expression. I think that's the printing of this particular book, but maybe he does look terrified. That's actually kind of what weird. What have I done? Okay, my daughter had, you know those things, like they're like the things where you can like put them on your wall mm -hmm. um, and they get, they're removable, but you put, she had that butterfly on her bedroom wall above her bed for a long time. I swear that was not the expression on that butterfly's face. I would have remembered that. <laughs> like, night, night, sweetie. Don't let the butterfly's terror <laughs> infect you as you... Drift off to sleep. As you sleep in your in your crystalness. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I I feel like a solid nine point five. Alright, you know what? I'm going to take that because that's more than I expected. Um I thought the caterpillar's I, face would be the, the deal breaker on that, but you, you I, have I, seen I past love... his, his his outer coating and to the terrified butterfly within. I really appreciate the art. I appreciate the um, the language is good. The cravings that this poor guy has, <laughs> I can. I feel like I can. We can relate, all relate. You yeah. know, haven't we all taken a slice of pickle? Tell me that cake is delicious. By the way, look at the amount of detail. The ice cream cone has a little melted mm. drop on the ground. He had to physically cut that little drop out and put it in the book. That's no mistake. The care that went into this book. Yeah. It's remarkable. If it weren't for the creepy face. He's what when he's a fat little caterpillar, the face is far less creepy. Then you just do but kind still, of it's you know, it's a creepy face. Well, there's no pupils. It's amazing what a pupil I can do. I don't know. Do. That's a, No, no. Yeah, it's a really green, it's an all green that's eye. That's an all green eye, which, you know, probably kind of Maybe accurate. if he had eyebrows or eyelashes, something to But then he'd be anthropomorphized, and we don't want that. I mean, he does. He has a pretty. Considering what a caterpillar's He's got mouth, a mouth when he turns into a butterfly. Right. Well, well, think what a caterpillar's mouth actually looks like. That's a very cute mouth. 
but they actually look like is they got those little pinchers. Like, that would be even more terrifying. So really, he's kind of softened this up. I feel like on the last page, also in the butterfly wings, it's mm-hmm. like, where can you see the pickle? Where can you see the apple? Where can you see oh, wow. the uh, the random woman in one of the uh, <laughs> wings of the butterfly? I have never, ever heard anyone interpret the wings in terms of what he ate. Yeah. This is absolutely 100% new. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> a new interpretation of a scene in The Very Hungry Caterpillar. This has never been done before. I like to throw things That's you know, into amazing. the mix. You got some oranges here. They do look like oranges. You got the that, strawberry here. That does look like a strawberry. <laughs> That's amazing. There you go. Well done, madam. There's well my done. uneducated well, opinion about... I think this uh, podcast is a testament my continued failure... To uh, to fight with you, I, you know. So I'm we're just, just gonna have to let that goal go. I'm thinking. I'm just gonna have to just bring books, and eventually, it's it's like when you flip a penny and you keep getting heads. Eventually, you're gonna get tails. That's true. The odds are with me. I have a chance, but it's gonna be something I don't expect. So. Well, I'm also biased because I do remember at least sort of seeing pages. I I vaguely recollect you know seeing this book as a kid so i maybe i'm biased that way maybe i actually would have thought that would have been the opposite i would have said that you would have put aside childish things and would have not uh, well i'm looking at this through an adult's eyes where i can appreciate the art Mm -hmm. i can appreciate his hunger cravings because that's true you are having a very adult reaction to the book but i can assure you you can read this to a large group you can read it one-on-one it works both ways that is rare in a book for kids you can read a range of ages. It's amazing. So so I think we call this a classic. All right. It's definitely a classic. Caterpillar, staying on the list. Well done, buddy. Well done, buddy. We've only really excised one. Well, I don't know. We've excised sort of 1.5 books here so far. All right, kid. What? This is the part where we talk about um, what adult things that have nothing to do with children's books have we enjoyed uh, since we last spoke. Well, I I, uh, I went first last time, so I would like you to go first. Oh, excellent. Well, I actually have one. Um, so I have finished binging uh, a, a series uh, through, through my Netflix. Uh-huh. Now, you have to understand, when I watch a TV show, I basically watch two episodes, maybe three, and then I never go back to it again. That has happened over and over and over, and in this day and age, you can totally do that. I rarely like a show so much that I want to go back to it. The exception being the show Master of None by Aziz Ansari. Have you watched the show? I have seen an episode. Okay, so you did what I did and you watched an episode and then you just put it aside. Yep. So season one was okay, but season two is amazing and I highly recommend it. You don't actually have to have seen season one. All you really need to know from season one was he had a girlfriend and they broke up. Then he goes to Italy and decides to learn how to make pasta. And what I like about it is that it's not cringe television. I mean, I've watched a lot of Louis, uh, a lot of Louis. And that is just a kind of like purified, uh, you know, synthesized, like perfect cringe show. And this show has mild cringes, but nothing, nothing compared to a lot of shows out there. And it has heart and it has soul. And it has an episode, it's the Thanksgiving episode. If you watch nothing else, you should just watch that episode. Just watch the Thanksgiving episode. It's got Angela Bassett playing one of the characters' moms. 
It is amazing. So, binging and finishing the second season of Master of None. Booyah. All right, you're up. I, uh, I have a treat for you. Let me uh, get it here. Is it a treat I can eat? Oh no. You see, when people come to my house... Oh, no, 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 no. I haven't even started. No, but I'm seeing what you're holding. Anyway, go on. When people come to my house, I insist they try one of Chicago's finest. I live here. I'm not a visitor. It's called Jepson's Malort Liqueur. And, and people give this as a gift to others when they really, really like them. Really? No. Are you sure it's not the other way around? Oh. Why don't you just... Uh, I'm going to write. Here's the thing. This is going to be my Ladies favorite. Ladies and gentlemen, she had clearly prepped this. There oh, is a I teeny did. tiny glass here. It's like a shot glass, but a little more. It's half of a shot glass. It's half an... Oh, don't think I'm drinking this whole thing, Missy. Oh, no, no. I. This is Some of us the, are driving home tonight. This is um, the highlight of my week because... Right. There, there are people out there who have come up with slogans for Malort. And let me just read you a couple of them while you, while you smell it. Oh, I was you don't even have it. to try it yet. No, no, no. I'm going to waft it. Okay, so some of those slogans are Malort, when you need to unfriend someone in person. Malort, tonight's the night you fight your dad. Malort, the champagne of pain. Malort, turning taste buds into taste foes for generations. Okay, I am actually heartened by the smell, and I'll tell you why. It smells like shampoo. Who amongst us has not accidentally swallowed some shampoo in their life? I may have a have a leg up in this game. Malort is uh, it's from Wormwood, I believe, and oh, the thing that everyone used to say uh, made uh, Vincent Van Gogh crazy. Oh, excellent. Yeah, well, that was the theory. That's why absinthe was banned for so long. If you look up an article about Malort. Uh, the first article you'll come upon, the very first thing it says, Malort, it's not actually made from gasoline. <laughs> I wouldn't call this gas. Well, the smell anyway. So the highlight of my week is, is watching be, me. Is watching it's this going happen. To be watching you just try it. And if I can't uh, take tequila, all like, right, I'm going to taste this. Okay, okay you don't like if, this carpet. Right? Oh wait, wait, wait. Here's here's the thing. If you get my question to you, right? Oh, oh. You can get a mint. If you get my question wrong, I want a mint. You must savor that taste in your oh. mouth. Oh. So, all right, um, all right, all right. What's your question? Why are you looking at the book that we just read? You should try it first, and then I'll oh, ask the I question. see how this is. Yeah. Dangle the carrot and use the stick. All right, one second. I'm gonna taste this. That is the weirdest taste. I mean, it's bad. Oh, look, it's got a, oh, look, there's a second one that comes up behind after the first yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you want it's that, like, do you want that mint? I desperately want that mint. Wow. What year was The Very Hungry Caterpillar copyrighted originally? 1969. I guess you get a mint. I get a mm. mint! Dude, I'm sorry. You want to do this with me? I can do that. That I can do. Oh my God, I need that mint so bad. Wow. Go. Oh, I got two. You get two. That's because my answer was speedy. It was very speedy. I didn't, mm. I didn't actually- That's good. One mint for one side of my mouth <laughs> and another for the other side. So I thought that would be a nice adult thing, you know? It's, yeah. It's not exactly something not, you- Not, I wouldn't say like nice, but <laughs> um, original. Welcome to my household. Wow. 
Anytime, uh, I really hope we get to interview some authors and illustrators and bring them to my house. Do so, you want that? I can totally do that. So they can try Malort too. Oh, sure. We should do that. All right. All right, authors and illustrators, if you want to drink a delicious glass of Malort, <laughs> what, <laughs> what other allure can I dangle before you? <laughs> wow. With an invitation like that. You don't want any more? Are you sure? You know what? You good? I think I'm good for now. All right. Unless you've got a whole bucket of mints I can just pour directly yeah. down my throat. Wow. You keep that in your home. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't uh, I can't actually top that, so I think we're going to uh, we'll just wrap up good the idea. episode. Yeah. Go brush because your teeth I have a feeling, the and, uh... Well, I have a feeling it's going to go to my brain and make me incoherent <laughs> in five, four, three. No, okay. Um, but thanks for, thanks for doing the podcast with me, buddy. No problem, buddy. All right. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our Realtek HD audio sound effect manager is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.